it's gotten to feeling like that day job I've been avoiding. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast where you get to listen in on some of my most interesting and personal conversations. I'm Sarah Samuel, and today we're talking about what it means to be an artist. I speak with Mary Gutlesh, a professional artist who you might know as Mary Doodles. Mary has been making her living as an artist on YouTube for eight years, and I think you'll find this conversation extremely enlightening. We talk a lot about things that have come up in other conversations, such as how to determine whether or not someone is an artist, how to measure the quality of art, the feedback that fuels an artist, and the discipline required to become good at an art form, as well as much, much more. Take a listen. Do you consider yourself an artist? And like, what does that mean to you? Oh, <laughs> yes. I have to say yes. Uh, You're like, I'm a professional artist. <laughs> I'm a professional artist. <laughs> That's my main thing. <laughs> but it has been something... Uh, okay, so I'm like coming out of a hiatus from, from what I've been doing since 2011. Oh, yeah. With like YouTube and like, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's like fascinating me is a whole part of like being an artist is just making that declaration. It's of a, saying that you're an artist. Yeah, there's not really. It's not like surgeons or lawyers where you have to go through processes and get screened right. and certified. You can do it just by declaring <laughs> and like deciding for yourself. Yeah. Which even as someone who's been doing it professionally for so long, it's gotten like really difficult there are some days where I look at myself and what I do and I'm like why by what authority by what authority do I have the right to do this okay so was there like was there a point and so you started doing YouTube stuff like in 2011 yeah was there a point around that time that you were like I am an artist or like did you have when was like the first time that you sort of declared that for yourself and like how often do you have to declare it <laughs> every day you have to get recertified <laughs> just I have to run it by myself <laughs> and then let me or not yeah uh gosh I'd say it was like it was before YouTube probably it, it's a weird thing because I was always the kid who draws good mm-hmm. <laughs> at school yeah and so like when I was 16, like, I was applying to art competitions, and okay. I got, like, grants here and there. And so I think it's just always been a given mm-hmm. that I was going to be an artist or that I am one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it, I first really started doing it in, like, 2007, 2008-ish. Um, I was like selling paintings on Etsy and making posters and prints and pursuing more graphic design stuff and illustration jobs. Okay, so kind of doing more stuff that you were like putting out into the world or like offering to people instead of kind of just keeping it for yourself. Is that kind of the switch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that was when I started becoming okay with asking for money and accepting that dynamic of what I make is valuable mm-hmm. and it's value to other, valuable to other people, enough so to 
demand a price for yeah. what I do. What did something switch? Like, did something influence that decision, or was it just did it feel just kind of like a natural progression of like, okay, people have been liking my art this whole time, like I might as well sell it? Or yeah, it was kind of a natural thing. Like I sold things here and there, and then it was just a matter of I gone to film school and had been working as a PA for so long and that's such a time consuming job being a production assistant being on set from sunup to sundown uh sometimes 18 hour days in some cases so once I kind of eased off of that and got a different part-time job it just made art a little more accessible to do Mm -hmm. time-wise um and I was just trying to avoid getting a corporate job okay. or having to work in an office or something that it made me miserable. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you decided to do YouTube. So, and you had yeah. done film, you had gone to film school before that? I did, yeah. So is that like, do you, I mean, so that's like also obviously an art form. Yeah. Like were you, so th- did that kind of contribute to the, the feeling of like being an artist or like where did that all like land, like film versus drawing? Yeah. Gosh, it's. It's weird. I'm now realizing my my plan had always been I'll either do something in art, film, or theater. Like okay. those are all the fall the fallbacks for the fallbacks for the mm-hmm. fallbacks. Uh, yeah. So do you have one that was like the one that you wanted to do? It's flip flopped. Okay. Over time, because uh, I went to film school mostly because I felt that was the area that I was the least educated in at the time. Okay. Of like regarding things that I wanted to do for money. Uh, I guess I've always been career nomadic. I, I feel like this need to like restart again and again and not lock into something, which makes the YouTube thing very odd that that's been the longest thing I've done straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and taking a break from it was so necessary. And now I'm trying to figure out, well, I've been like reworking on like going back into it, but doing it differently mm-hmm. so that I'm satisfied, but not completely shaking it up to scare away everybody. <laughs> right. So what yeah. do you, so like, I know what you do, but just yeah. for my, for my podcast, can yes. you describe like what, I don't know, like what that was like to kind of get started and how you decided like which, yeah. like what to do. And then also, yeah, well that first and then more um, questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the story goes, uh, I came to LA uh, in 2009 ish and um, my you or my roommate at the time uh, Pete was starting to work with this company that was producing YouTube videos and it was the early days of a company called maker Studios and they were one of the earlier multi-channel networks it was kind of the the dawn of really monetizing YouTube and so he started working for them and writing songs, and he created a web series that took off um, as the epic rap battles of history. And meanwhile, I was struggling to do like freelance art and graphic design and illustration, and really not happy with doing that straight up. I felt like I was neglecting the film and the theater that I also liked doing. Okay. So at that same time, I started taking the improv classes at the West Side Comedy Theater, and then Pete gave me one of his old cameras and was like, you should probably do something with your art and video because I know you make videos or you know how to make videos. You're a film person. Combine them. So I did. Uh, And I started making these time-lapsed videos of paintings being created and setting it to music. And that kind of like carved out a little niche um, at the time. And it's since branched out into some tutorials, 
animatics and storytelling. And um, now I'm, I'm gearing up toward creating creating content that is uh, <laughs> just focused around uh, inspiration and like creative, sparking creativity. Mm. And um, as well as like, there's just some experimental projects I've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm like trickling those out one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so inspiration and creativity, like what does that look like to you? to you in terms of, I don't, I don't know, like what's the spark for that or what does it mean to you? I feel like it's play. A lot of it is play. And for me, I'm, I'm really honing in on that because being an artist and doing it professionally, uh, especially in such a formulaic way, like YouTube and internet demands, it's gotten to feeling like that day job I've been avoiding. And Uh so I'm, I'm fascinated with like, there's, there is a switch between I have to do this and I want to do this. And, um, so I'm trying to figure out how to inject the play back into what I'm doing and for my audience to give them permission to play as well. Uh, I've been fascinated by the overwhelming response that I get from people when they see that I do art is to say, well, I can't do that, or I would love to be able to do that. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how can I like put out videos and posts and images to inspire people to try at something they think they suck at. Mm-hmm. Cool, that's yeah. awesome. That's like such a huge a part of like why I'm doing this podcast too, and like my question about like being an artist because it's been really interesting for me to talk to so many people who will say like I'm not an artist I'm not an artist but then I like get like I remember one time in college I like literally gave people like markers and pens and like paper yeah and they were like I can't draw like I'm not an artist and then the things that they would make were like incredible (laughs) right and I would be like what (laughs) I know it's so it's (laughs) such a weird cage that most people have over Mm -hmm. their own imagination uh, regarding seeing their potential with something. Yeah. Um, People are not comfortable with (laughs) being a beginner at art. Yeah. I get it on the one hand. It's it's very nice to... People want to feel satisfied with what they make. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that satisfaction, uh, their easy satisfaction comes from holding up what you made and it looks exactly like the example. Like right. a paint by number. A lot of people want that feedback of, oh, yes, I did this right. So it looks like a realistic painting or it looks like the image on the box. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, and the scary thing with art is that you have so much power to declare this is correct. This is right. Even if it's not what you intended, but to say, this is my piece. I mm-hmm. stand by it <laughs> regardless of opinion. <laughs> And yeah, it's, there's, it's just, there's almost no way of measuring how good it is. It's all, it's as if like each viewer or whoever your audience is, is bringing their own ruler with like different units of measurement. Yes. And some people are bringing tubs to measure the volume instead. Like it's, it's so up in the air. Right. I think a lot of people are terrified of declaring I am right when there is no unit of measurement for what they made. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, 
It's so good. I love the way that you like phrase. I like just love the way that you phrase all of that because it's thank you. Definitely, <laughs> it came out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is just like so much of what has been coming up and and yeah, it's like just so interesting. I think. Um, yeah. So I guess, what's your relationship with like creative? energy so you mentioned play mm-hmm. and that's like a huge part of it um I, something that has sort of come up is like the skill right of like can you paint something and obviously painting I think painting is just and drawing is like an easy example mm-hmm. but obviously not the only example but to say like oh can you paint this the way that it looks in real life essentially yeah. is like a measurement of like whether it's good or that's kind of like a technical skill element yeah um but then there's like create Activity, like which is a different thing yeah I think right yeah yeah I think creativity is like the fire and skill would be the fire pit the way of controlling yeah. it like you can just start a fire anywhere <laughs> but if you're unskilled that fire will probably just die or <laughs> right. it will spread and get out of control. Um, there's some skill to like building a fire mm-hmm. and starting it and keeping it lit and feeding small sticks until you get up to wood and then maintaining that mm-hmm. and uh, and practicing that. So it's, yeah, they go hand in hand. Um, I mean, I am of no personal belief as to, like, how much skill you should have. Yeah. I think that's just kind of on each individual artist. Um, it's handy to have the skill because I, I do see a lot of frustration where people visualize something. They want to achieve a final product. And, but to make the thing that's in their head actual, you need skill. You, mm-hmm. you need to be able to control that creative energy and that creative force and so that's where, like, the skill comes into play, yeah. in my mind, like, yeah. phil- philosophically. But, I mean, at the same time, like, if you just want to, like, creatively vomit out something, <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting to watch, too. <laughs> I totally feel that. Yeah, I feel like, because I haven't really ever had one sort of artistic, like, I feel like I have a lot of creativity and I'm really drawn to doing, like, creative projects and things, mm-hmm. but I've never had kind of one or even like a few things that I like really focus on like I just go from thing to thing and I like try all these different things so my skill level never really gets super high Mm -hmm. which is like it just is frustrating because it's like oh if I want to make something and I'm like then I have but to go through all the skill to like to go through the learning of like you know if I want to draw something then I have to go and learn how to draw first and then be able to and, like, the practice that goes, like, it just takes so much time. Yeah. <laughs> if, and then you're locked yeah. in to that. Like, I, I think of it as, like, dojos and you train mm. at a certain dojo and they do it a certain way and there's a certain style. Or, um, like, in corporate life, like, anyone who's worked for Disney, you know there's a certain way mm. Disney programs you to run in your office space. And then if you go to a different company, you got to be retrained. Yeah. Um, and it's... I, I don't know. I I kind of, like, feel you on the idea of, like, being able to jump around. Because I have, like, sporadic interests in, like, different things. Yeah. And I, 
But if you want to suddenly just make a film, but you don't know anything about film or like don't know, haven't gone to film school or whatever, then it's like, that can be really frustrating. So you're like, how the heck do I like get this idea from my head into like this finished product? It's impossible. Like unless you team team up with people. Oh yeah. You just hire people who are far more talented than yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Which is always recommended if you're making films. Yeah, that's true. I mean, something like film obviously yeah. isn't really. But yeah, for like, can't do well, it if yourself, you wanted to do but... an oil painting but had never touched yeah. oils before, it's going to be really frustrating. Yeah, in the beginning. It's funny with drawing because I can sometimes I sometimes can draw and I'm like, oh, this kind of looks like the thing. And then there's other times where I try to draw it and I'm just like, this is literally impossible. Like I have no idea how to even like begin drawing this thing that I want and then I like try and I'm like what is this (laughs) like like Um, how does you know because I feel like you know understanding like how light works and how shadows that's the same as light I guess but just all like that stuff is really like I remember when someone first told me like draw what you see not what you know and I was like oh yeah and that changed the entire way that I like was looking at yeah, because you don't realize what you're seeing because you just see it. Right, and then your brain is filling in the blanks, yeah. and your brain is always making those assumptions. I've always loved that. I'm outlining a video on that's sort of a tutorial on how to think differently mm. in the creation process. Um, the best example I can think right now is sketching the human figure. Uh, some cartoonists or if you're drawing what you see you're I'm going to start going uh, like on the outside of your head I'm going to start really wide and then I'm going to sort of chisel that sketch down so it'll be like a wide like circle and then carve out the cheeks and like Mm -hmm. add the shadows of the nose and like add to that so you're starting from the outside in or in a lot of animation, cartooning, character designs, if you're drawing just like from your head, you start from the inside out. You start with like the skeletal frame and there's Mm -hmm. the head and you have your guidelines and you're still chiseling, but you're not drawing what you see. You're you're kind of going from the inside out, which is, it's, it's kind of just like a different approach to. Yeah drawing the same thing and in your drawing I mean like a lot of what you make it seems like you know because you do a lot of watercolor and often it like will kind of tell a story or kind of, the way that the painting sort of unfolds is in some ways like to me as someone who doesn't draw maybe like unexpected you mm-hmm. know like I'm like what is this turning into and then I'm like oh my god it's a horse oh my god there's a tree you know like it seems to kind of like yeah. come out of nowhere yeah. in some ways but you must have like some kind of forethought to that or do you <laughs> there's there's a little bit I'm I'm leaning more and more into simplifying the forethought because uh, I, I, I thank you for the feedback a lot of the feedback I, I've gotten with my stuff is it's clever and there's these twists and things appear and I think that put me in my head yeah. of thinking I have to M. Night Shyamalan twist everything oh. and I have to one-up myself every single time and after that can be a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure after eight years of a video a week of like being more clever than yourself from last week is yeah. like I, I think that led to some burnout that yeah. required me to take time off. Uh, and I'm realizing that 
with what I'm making, no one really knows what I'm intending until it's appeared, Mm -hmm. whether or not that's what I intended to have appear. Mm -hmm. And just letting that be okay and that there's a little bit of that. So sometimes it surprises you as well. Yeah, I I definitely want to have like the main subject and some of the colors plotted out Um, with watercolor. It's a transparent medium. So you work from light to dark. You use the white of your paper for any of the lighter white tones in your paints. Um, So you can't put down a bunch of dark things and say, oh, wait a minute. I wanted this highlight on their hair. Uh, So you do have to kind of think around that. But otherwise, like it's such a great medium for just slowly adding a layer here and Mm -hmm. a layer there. And um, whenever you're doing bleed techniques where it's flowing, it's just fun to kind of let it do its own thing. Mm-hmm. What is your like relationship with? So, um, you said so you had like a burnout period, and I feel like we talked a lot. Well, I think we were doing our podcast sort of during that time. Yeah, right? yeah. So. I remember when you were kind of like, ah, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> I was, I was, and I was like so hungry for like anything yeah. else. I'm like, I don't want to do art yeah. anymore. I don't want to be on YouTube. I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about like just what that was like for you and like what you think led you there and then how you kind of like, oh, now, yeah. now you're kind of coming out of it. Yeah. Um, I'd say there were two terrible years of like everything I was making just kind of declined into mediocrity mm-hmm. where I was comfortable enough where with where I was and like the accolades I had received and those achievements. So I was kind of like, I'll rest on these laurels for a little while. And then in that comfort, I was afraid to try new risky things and develop different formats or pursue the formats that I really wanted to try, but were a little too different, and so I always put them in the someday pile. Okay, so you had inspiration that you just kind of weren't following. Yeah, and I think a part of not following that was because I was on this schedule that I called the SNL schedule, where it's what Saturday Night Live does when they're in season. You make a new episode every week. Um, I was making a new video every week, and I'd start with the idea, I'd shoot it out, I'd edit it, and wrap it up at the end of the week, sometimes the night before, more oftentimes the night before. Um, and then you reset and you do it all over again. And unlike Saturday Night Live, I wasn't taking seasons off. So it was just this constant cycle. And um, I was also, I think a part of it was like, there's this thing that happens when you start doing something that you love and then you make a career out of it. It starts making money for you and it changes your relationship with that thing. And I was stuck in this mental rut of, I don't want to say like, I was grateful for it, but I was also not being realistic with that gratitude and thinking uh, that it would be selfish to look at this as anything other than a blessing and you're lucky to have this and don't you dare do anything to mess it up or uh, uh, take it for granted like by taking time off or anything like that Um, so there's like a lot of shame I was feeling burned out I was feeling like energetically drained creatively drained but I wasn't feeling like I could ask for myself for time off 
um, that felt selfish. It, it felt like a cheat. Do you think that came, comes from the, I'm, maybe it's a mix, but like the entrepreneurial lifestyle or like the artist's lifestyle? You know, because I feel like, especially with being an artist, I don't know how you sort of always related to it, but yeah, like, right, like you're like, oh, I should be grateful for this. Like not a lot of people get to just do their art. Like I think that's sort of like a yeah. running thing in a lot of people's minds that it's like so fragile or something yeah it's and I even like now I I, I've been like ramping up for like kind of this soft relaunch Mm -hmm. and then in July like shotgun blasting out new content and like I've been busting my ass every day I've been working like nine hour days and at least and yet I look out the window I look at people going to work I'm like I am such a lazy bastard. How dare I? It's like, how dare you? Things starts coming back up. Where do you think it comes from? I think it partially could be social programming. um, Especially like in this country, like just the school system is, it's all results based. Mm. Um, And we, we are hungry creatures. We're hungry for that feedback. Uh, and what I'm discovering now with my new system of working, I'm shooting and creating things in bulk and then slowly rolling them out. And so I'm not going to be getting that feedback for a while. Yeah. And this is a system that like other people use all the time. Like this is movies, like you'll make a movie and if you work on set, you don't see the final results or hear the feedback until months later or years later even. So Yeah, there's like, I don't know, that it's tough to validate every action towards something. Mm -hmm. Because it's like when you're getting views and people are commenting, then you're like, I'm doing something. Yeah. (laughs) And then you'll have, like, there's good days and bad days. And this is the thing I'm learning uh, to accept that, like, I'll I'll have a good day's work and I'll have a not so good day's work. like, I, I, I may feel like I'm banging my head against the wall with an idea, and I at the end of the day, I have nothing. I have no physical thing to hold and show for to explain why I'm so <laughs> exhausted. Uh, and so I'll feel like, oh, this was a waste of a day. Whereas then there are days, like today is an example, where I got this list done, I mapped out this content, I've outlined these illustrations, I've scoured these sketchbooks and collected these images like just like all of a sudden all these pieces start falling into place um just all of a sudden yeah and so it feels like a good day's work um so I'm learning that these two days will always exist and they're both valid and regardless of what day I'm having I need to go home at the end of the day (laughs) I need to stop working yeah yeah but but it's like they're both valuable too like that's it's just that yeah right like our idea of like having a completion and getting feedback or like whatever that is having something to show yeah feels better but you couldn't have gotten there also without the like the banging your head against the wall too like they kind of they feel different but they're both like equally as valuable also yeah and it's like you know and it's it's gardening is what it is. Like farmers do not go out into the fields every day and like pull the corn up right. or pull up tomatoes and say, 
I've done it. Harvest every day. No, every day is not a harvest. (laughs) Like there's a lot of faith in it. Mm. Um, You you will put those seeds in the ground, and you will water them diligently, and it'll look like a patch of dirt for a while, (laughs) and then some will sprout, and not all of them sprout, but some will sprout, and then you you can you have to thin out the seeds sometimes. Sometimes too many sprouted, and you don't have enough space to work on those, and then they'll be growing for a while and you'll be stressing over like the condition and why isn't this getting bigger and why isn't this doing that? And then finally things will start appearing and you'll see leaves and you'll see fruit forming and then it's ready to rock. So it's Mm -hmm. art is, it's like you're a farmer (laughs) (laughs) farming art and it's six patience. (laughs) I love it. I love that. Um, and I think that's, I guess, super important. I mean, so I think a lot of the people who are like, oh, well, I can't do that. And kind of what you're going, what, what you were saying at the beginning about like being a beginner and being uncomfortable in that I feel like our world is one of the, a finished product, mm-hmm. you know, like anything we see is a finished product yeah. and that makes sense. I mean, that's not like completely true. Like you do see like a house being built sometimes right. or whatever, but like mostly, what we're seeing is like the end results and yeah. even a house being built is like by people who know how to build a house we don't see the learning process no. in create in creation yeah and even excuse me uh i'm burping uh, <laughs> i'm burping <laughs> i'm burping um yeah all the, like the thousands of failures are that that's like a series that i want to highlight like take pictures of like the piles of scrap papers Mm -hmm. and the what ifs and the pieces I started and didn't like Um, because it is with social media too like there's every photo you're seeing is like one of 50 probably Uh, there's so many failures there's so many things you weren't ever even shown Um, and with art I think a lot of times people sit down to the paper and feel like you gotta knock out the final beautiful looking thing right away even with sketchbooks, I I follow a lot of artists online and I, I love looking at pictures of sketchbooks, but it also makes me really depressed because they always look so wonderful. Uh-huh. They, they look so composed and beautiful and elegant. And then I realize, oh, that's because this person filled the sketchbook page with the intention of showing it online and so it must look good. Um, a lot of people will make sketchbook pages that look like beautiful finalized pieces of art and we're not seeing all like the frantic sketches right. and scribbles or like attempts at trying this technique here and there yeah um I, i'll often compare it to music because my fiance is a musician and when he's practicing you know he'll be out here playing guitar and with music it just floats away like all those little shots in the dark right 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 you don't record practice. all of them and then just, yeah you don't release yeah. an album all, all of you're like he's just like trying the same few things over and over again um artists need to do that and uh my my mom saved all of my sketches and drawings from when i was a kid and every year i go home i go through these boxes and i throw home i throw out a box full of sheets of printer paper that had a square on it or a circle (laughs) or like a couple attempts at a face here and then a couple attempts of this and a couple attempts of this and there's just so many of these like I started no I 
I'm going to try this. Nope, I didn't. I'm going to try this. I No, it's just, that's a part of the process. Yeah. You got to do it thousands of times on scrap paper. Yeah. I remember like, because now I've been like drawing more, you know, and I, there was like a distinct change when I realized I could like use pencil first. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. What was, is that? <laughs> I'm guilty of propagating that too. I've fallen for my own tricks where, because I'll, my watercolors, I'll like pencil in like outlines mm-hmm. as a guide so I know where like the subjects are going to be on the yeah. page. And it does look like it just came out of nowhere, which I love. Like yeah. I want to Yeah, that's how that you effect. want it to look. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to look magical. But it's also putting forward the thought that, well, you just do it. Yeah. Right? You just right. do it. And it's going to be, if it's not perfect the first time around, you must suck. <laughs> right. And it sometimes is fun to just use, pe- like, sometimes it is fun to just be like, I'm like, I'm going to use this pen and, like, whatever comes out is fine. Yeah. And that can be, like, a fun thing, too. But, yeah, like, to be like, oh, yeah, I can use pencil or I can try to dry on a scratch paper yes. first a bunch of times and see how it goes. I have a friend who, like, I remember she would just draw, like, mouths, like, over and over yeah. and over again, or, like, hands. Just, yeah. She was just obsessed with hands for a while, and then you just got obsessed with whatever you're trying, I guess. And yeah. Then... Yeah, and you just, like, work on practicing, and eyes. I remember, like, I went through my eye phase, doing mm-hmm. all the different shapes and shades, <laughs> and then, like, narrowing it down to, like, even, like, shading, like, the irises and stuff like that. Just all the things. Yeah. To get the technical skill down. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh man, what you just said uh, has reminded me also of like, lately I've been thinking a lot about um, impermanence Mm -hmm. with art and the idea of like, how much control do you have and how much are you channeling? I'm learning, I I have a lot of perfectionism Mm -hmm. in me, like it's this perfectionist trait that I am constantly wrangling with and it's always getting in the way of me getting things done on time and just letting it go uh and so much of it is just it's self-imposed I built it I live in this cage (laughs) and uh I shit in here and that's okay (laughs) but uh, yeah it's been helpful to start looking at it as um art as a service Mm. like it's and Oh man, I was just talking with somebody this weekend about like the YouTube experience. It hit a point where I wasn't like a rock star of YouTube or anything. I call myself like a decently successful mid-range YouTuber. And, um, but even still, like I was getting feedback from peers and colleagues and people I look up to, um, this concept of being an artist is being put on this pedestal and I I felt like I was hearing I should expect myself to behave as this I don't want to say untouchable it's I'm picturing like that cliche of like the artist who will do everything precisely the way they want it and there's no changing the way they like lady gaga like a lady gaga <laughs> like a like a diva of art okay. like uh like if you were the the actor on set who has this trailer their certain way okay. and like being more particular with that yeah. and 
having that attitude of like, you are lucky to have my art, which I, on the one hand, I, I feel self-confidence wise. I did need a little bit of that. Like I said, I'm still struggling with the idea of like, by what right do I make this? <laughs> so you need like that ego in there. But I feel like when you, if that is the only thing existing, that you are the only thing that's allowing you to make art, then you are now hold like fully responsible for what you make if that makes any sense uh and therefore if it sucks or if you think it sucks then you bear the brunt of that burden of judgment Mm -hmm. whereas now I've been looking at it as art is a service and this isn't necessarily for me the process of channeling it is for me. Like that's what I enjoy the most. I've I've realized like the part I love is when you get into that flow and you're just letting these ideas come out, utilizing what skills you have. And so when I look at it as channeling, I'm not so judgmental about the final Mm -hmm. product. And therefore my ego isn't bearing that full burden. Therefore, I'm not so particular and I'm not a perfectionist, so I'm finishing it and I'm willing to share it. Mm. And I feel like that's a much healthier way for me to create now where I'm at, Um, especially if I want to create things online and share them all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And looking at it as a service because... Yeah, when it was more ego-based, you know, I would get requests for things or talking about commissions and I'd start thinking about do I really want to do this commission of this guy's dog? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know this dog. I don't care. I don't like this. This isn't what I want to draw. But then in the meantime, I had like no other ideas of what <laughs> I wanted to draw. Whereas now where it's like, I, it's that idea of like, okay, it's a service. This is a challenge. This is an impermanent piece. This isn't what I'm going to hang my reputation on. Right. This is all temporary. It's all temporary. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's all impermanent. And so... Yeah, let it happen in this moment and struggle with it and feel feelings about it and suffer or don't enjoy it, celebrate. But then you have to let it all go no matter what you made and move on to the next thing. It's like who you are isn't the one thing that you made. It isn't any one thing, but it's like the whole process of like being a creator too. Like that's like an interesting thing too of like the what are we making versus the making of it? Like that's like what you're saying. Like you enjoy the process of like channeling it or kind of like being in the flow with it. And a friend of mine, when in our conversation, we were also like, is fine. Do you find it or do you create it? Or is that kind of the same thing? I think it like touches on that kind of same idea of like, are we kind of discovering it and it's coming through us or like are we in charge and like it's our idea (laughs) which is like a more right like you can have more of a it's almost like the difference between like stand-up and improv that I think about of like an improv it's like you're creating it together and no one's really in control of it and you kind of just have to go where it goes yeah whereas like stand-up is like you made it you know obviously it can vary a little bit yeah I think all art forms have that it's a give and take. It's that a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A conversation with the muse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting too. The idea of the muse that have mm. hasn't really come up yet, except. Um, yeah. Do you have what's your thoughts that. on that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad it hasn't come up. Yeah, and that, that's a part of um, the way I've been thinking of it lately, and that um, 
detachment almost, it's that concept of the muse and that creativity is all outside of me. Mm -hmm. I, I do not hold that. And so I am not a creative person. I am struck with creativity right mm-hmm. now. It passes through like weather, um, which I found is helpful in like every other area of life, <laughs> like regarding sanity and mental health and like emotion. You know, if I'm upset, like this morning I woke up just feeling teary and like mm-hmm. we were talking about like all these like old weird relationship issues came out yeah. of nowhere mm-hmm. <laughs> from college and <laughs> It's uh, and it's gone now. It was just passing through. Mm-hmm. It's not me. It's passing through or you know depression. I've kind of like with this burnout, I've been managing depression and like that's some very been a very helpful tip to just never own it. Just declare like it's mm-hmm. hanging out in my room right now. It's <laughs> lurking in the corner. Yeah. And now I can acknowledge it and say, "Thank you. Excuse me. I got to get back to work now." <laughs> um yeah, it's, I love the idea of like the muse is something that passes through. It gives you the ideas. And therefore, like, it's not my idea. Mm. It's a idea, an idea, that is lurking in the area, mm. which I love. Because then I, I feel like it makes collaboration easier, where we're all working under the same guide, uh, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. And it, it, I love how it can kind of explain why ideas pop up under the same genre or the mm-hmm. same vein like it's just in the ether yeah like and, and therefore I think it also motivates me to act on these ideas faster because I know that it's up for grabs mm. and if I don't do it now I'm gonna see it in another form and that's happened before where you come up with an idea wouldn't it be great if there is this show or this premise or this story or this artwork and then I forget it and let it go and sure enough like you it bubbles it. up elsewhere yeah we it's so funny I talked to my one of my friends about that too well because we're talking about big magic also did you read that big magic by um I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert okay and she she talks about that idea she's like the idea is just there and then you either you do it or someone else does it yeah if you don't do it someone else will (laughs) but like that's an interesting idea to think of creativity as like something that passes through and not coming from Mm. you it really takes the pressure off <laughs> <laughs> what about like um mute so so the idea is there but then what about like do you experience like for example arrow your dog i feel like has served as a muse for you like just since you got her mm. there's been a lot of dogs <laughs> there have been. in your art there that have. look surprisingly like, like arrow her. Although I freaky thing, I wish I put a date on it, but I I don't often do acrylic paintings on canvas. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been my for fun decompression thing. So I was going through like all, all my old canvases that are just in storage, and I found one that it literally is a painting of Arrow, but it was done two years before <gasps> I got her. Whoa, that's so crazy! And it's all in blue, but it and it's kind of cartoonish, but it's the same. Like her face is kind of boxy when you look mm-hmm. at her straight on, and it's that look. It's a, the markings are eerily similar. There's, yeah, it's like not quite a wolf, not quite a fox, not quite a dog. (laughs) It's very weird. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. Did you find that like after you got her and you were like, oh my God. I was like, oh, when did I paint this? Wait, I didn't paint this. After I got her, I painted it way before. That's so crazy. 
So the idea yeah. of her was in the air already. Was, you painted her. I manifested her. her. <laughs> uh, yeah. What were we talking about? The, oh, the, the muses around. Yeah. I, I think, like, if, if we were to talk about the muse as this external force mm-hmm. that gifts you with creativity, it may pop in organically and stop by to say hi at a great moment or an awful moment. But I also feel like it is available to call. Like, you can always text it and be like, <laughs> sup, muse? <laughs> I need some help. Um, I've been actually lately, I've been practicing doing adventures every day where it's like such a dumb mind game, but it's so fun. And, um, the objective is to make short story comics. I'm doing a series of one panel comics with like a couple sentences to somewhat explain what's happening, but it's just a snapshot of a story. And I'm getting these stories from going on walks. I, I, my rule is, my only rule is I have to go out for 10 minutes and just hyper observe the world around me and then come back and tell the story of my adventures. Oh, package is being delivered. Good girl. <laughs> yeah, you tell them. Get those packages. So, yeah, so, it, like, yesterday I went out for a walk with arrow and we found a desk that someone just had left to as trash on the sidewalk and on top of it there are just books galore and they're all philosophy books uh i picked up a handful of them oh nice yeah and there there's like nietzsche there's like this book of saint francis of assisi like there's like so many books and they're all somewhat moist okay (laughs) With no sign of, there must have been a sprinkler or something gone off. The desk was barely wet, but the books were all moist. <laughs> so I did like a little one panel on that because that, that was that story. Or there's another time I went out and like, I just see this guy, more street trash. There's a couch on the grass and he was like moving it onto the sidewalk angrily. And I was just watching him for the longest time from across the street, like, what is his deal? <laughs> He's so mad at this couch. And he leaves the couch and he kind of had this shuffly limp and he shuffles back to his truck and he pulls out a chainsaw. And for a moment, I was so excited. I'm going to see this guy chop up a couch on the sidewalk <laughs> first thing in the morning. This is the best. And it turns out he was a landscaper and he was trimming the hedges. I guess oh. the couch was crushing the grass. But oh. I was, it, for the longest time, is this mystery. Like, what is this vendetta against this couch? <laughs> Why is he putting it on the sidewalk? And I hope he cuts it up. Maybe he did cut it up. Um, so, yeah, it's just giving myself a game to yeah. play with it. Uh, That's interesting. It's forcing myself to be mindful of what's out there and where, where the stories are. Yeah. What's That brings two questions, which are, um, what is, like, your, what's your drive to create? that makes sense I can explain that question more if you want me to but the other question is just so I don't forget it um like discipline versus inspiration Mm. I guess so I don't know I I just wanted to put those both out there we can talk about whichever one feels more present but just so that maybe if I forget Um, you can remember (laughs) okay uh let's see drive to create I guess they're sort of similar because like the drive to create is like 
kind of like inspiration. But I guess my question is like, you know, I think some people want to, I, like for me, I think I, my drive to create is like, I'm having experiences and I want to share them mm. or I think that's pretty much it. That's like why I'm like, I need to do a podcast where I'm just recording conversations that I'm having. Yes. I'm just having this experience and I want to share it. But I think for some people, it's like they want to like make something beautiful or they want to like, I'm just wondering, or just they like the process of like drawing or whatever. It's not even about the create, the creation of it, the, yeah. the noun creation of it, not yeah. the creation, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely money, sex, and power have to be up there. <laughs> but I think like. Mostly fame. <laughs> mostly fame. It's mostly about the fame. Uh sometimes most often it's about paying the bills and then but yeah I think that there's something that like resonates with me the idea of sharing an experience mm. um which I love I I just I listen to podcasts too much because I just love drinking up other people's experiences mm -hmm. either for like the novelty of putting on someone else's goggles and seeing their life for a moment or hearing my story being sung like that has been so valuable and I'm now realizing that I have been providing that value to other people mm -hmm. too the, the concept of like value is so yes. fascinating yes. to me let's talk about that too oh wait because yeah the <laughs> she, biting? she just went like when I put one past the little air bite, she is determined Dainty to eat, little eat me before I leave here. She's such a cattle dog. She's like, this is programmed in me to nip at your ankles and I'm going to get yelled at. So I'm just going to do it really slow. She's and like, why did you tell on me? Hey, yeah, I'm watching you. Here, do you want to go on the couch? Come on up. Okay. Be that. Why so many sounds? Such a cave troll. Funny. Um... um yeah. Value. The value of art. Because, like, for me, the, the the thing, like, one way of putting it, uh, when I make time-lapse videos, I make them go really fast because I don't care for watching the process of something that I'd already done. Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to see it come to completion and move on and post the video. And I keep getting the note from people who are like, slow down. And eventually, oh, I started making real-time videos, um, art casts. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a series I've been bringing back where it's just the real-time video of me painting and then a podcast-style audio over it, kind of addressing what I'm working on as well as answering questions. And I am fascinated people watch it. Because <laughs> I'm not in It's so boring to you. It's so boring to me. <laughs> But people find value in watching someone else draw and paint and like, and hearing my experience, which mm -hmm. to me is, it's just, I'm soaking in it. So <laughs> please come take, take as much as you want. Like, it's like when your friend had like the hot weather comes through and now they have too many tomatoes in the garden and they mm -hmm. bring them over and they're like, please eat these. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're like, oh my God, garden-grown tomatoes, this is so special and wonderful. And they're like, yeah, no, I can't can any more of these. Yeah. Please take them. Um, yeah, that's always fascinating to me and how that, 
that can shift so much. Like, and it's sort of like you never really know what's going to be valuable to other people yeah. that you meet. I remember like one of my first sort of, as I was sort of first exploring this idea, like when I was in college of being an artist and what that meant, I painted this, I just had like, you know, a little small canvas and I just painted like blue, alternating blue and red dots. Uh-huh. Because I just wanted to see if it would look purple from far away. Ooh. Like, that was just my whole thing. Yeah. And I did it, and it was, like, very tedious, right? So I'm just yeah. cleaning dots. And at the end, I, like, put it as far away as I could, and I was like, that doesn't look purple. It just looks like dots. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is stupid. And I left it on um, my coffee table or whatever. And I lived in a house, like, an apartment uh, with, like, seven people. <laughs> so I just left it there, and yeah. I left the apartment. And when I came back, one of my roommates was like, did you make this? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he was, like, rolling. But, like, <laughs> but uh, someone told me that he still, to this day, quote-unquote, like, maybe a, a few years ago, like, still has the painting. Like, it met, like, it touched him in such a way that was, that for me, I was just like, this is trash. <laughs> yeah. But, like, for some reason, he liked it. And I think that was, like, one of the first experiences that I had where I was just, like, Whatever I'm creating is not about me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe art is just really all about, in a selfish way, defining your own values and in a a social way, Hmm. recognizing the values other people have. Hmm. And maybe I'm just saying this because this has been what we've been going over in therapy (laughs) (laughs) lately. But, like, personal values. Um, It's... I like learning like what my personal values are like big one for me. I value being heard and seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like other people, they value conformity and structure. Hmm. Some people value novelty. Like they need things to change constantly. Mm -hmm. Like this is why there are so many different kinds of people out there. And this is why some people like to go skiing and some people like to watch Netflix Mm -hmm. and some people like to go out for lunch with friends and some people enjoy a quiet night in reading a book and mm-hmm. or all these things at different times like our personal values differ and perhaps art is the place where it serves as a barometer for ourselves and others to, to show like where are you at what are you into right now hmm. what's calling to you genuinely and like yeah. and the I love like that story of like you're not painting because that is truly like someone who's like fuck what anyone else says <laughs> this speaks to me and I love this yeah which is like it's a freedom that not everybody gets to as a creator or a consumer because mm-hmm. just like as like for artists a lot of artists who are starting out, you see them comparing their work to photorealism or master artists like Picasso. And they're like, mine doesn't look anything like these things. So I've failed, even though I made something that I truly enjoyed making. Yeah. And on the consumer end, I see it in comments. Like I would do these videos where I go back and I recreate art that like I'd made in middle school. Mm. And sometimes people are like, I like the middle school one better. (laughs) Because, like, in middle school, I was into pencil shading, and I was, like, focused on, like, light, whereas now I'm doing more cartoonish style, kind of more mod, simplified, 
things and which like I love the style way better than what I was doing in middle school but I'm seeing other people either they do like that or I mean I suspect because they cite it a lot of people are like that one has more shading or the lighting okay. looks more real interesting which is true yeah and so then seeing like people are like that looks more realistic or so that looks like what I like better yeah like versus... that looks familiar and familiar is right so mm-hmm. I like this better that's interesting it's, yeah I, yeah I think art challenges your like are you choosing what you think is right or what you value interesting or both like what you really value or like yeah. what you really calls to you yeah or whatever like a salad yeah, is good for you but yeah. is the cake calling to you <laughs> so funny yeah no I like honestly that example really really resonates because <laughs> there, there, yeah there's so many times right where you're just like well I should be healthy so I should eat this salad but yeah. like is that really the healthy choice or like maybe you need to eat yeah a burger or something like that day yeah maybe I need a trash food day yeah. or you know maybe yeah. I I should be responsible and do the laundry but I've been feeling so lonely and I just need to hang out with a friend on the beach right yeah now. Yeah, it's like being present and like knowing what, not having like the preconceived ideas of like what is right and good. Yeah, those moments (laughs) always take me back to third grade (laughs) where like opinions were Mm. openly expressed without hesitation Mm. (laughs) about anything. Like you're wearing the wrong shirt and all of a sudden everybody jumps on you like, what is that? Ew, gross. Totally. What are you eating? And I'm, I'm seeing it in um, our niece. She is about two and a half years old now. And she's got some vocabulary. And she's definitely got opinions. And she's at this age now where her skill level is a little more adapted. And she's now able to express these opinions. And she loves it. And she delights <laughs> in it. And she likes this and she wants that. She doesn't want this. And we were over there uh, having a barbecue one time and she was like putting together what like looked, it had to have been an art piece because <laughs> she's just pulling or she's making us pull the patio chairs over to this spot. And then Dante, you have to sit in this chair. And no, you're not allowed to get up. And so she had him like sitting, facing away from everybody in the, <laughs> just out in the sun. And then she put my chair in the shade and like sat me next to her bike. <laughs> Like, she had this agenda. And that's a beautiful thing. I think, like, when you're kids, then, like, your agendas and opinions, like, it just all kind of comes out. And you're not aware of, like, that maybe something you're saying is going to hurt someone. But or, right. And then, like, when you're expressing your own things, it's liable to get opinions and yeah. rejection and hurt back. Yeah. And I, I think it's just a, a defense mechanism to default to the safe choice rather than what your heart is saying. So then is art just like expression of preferences? <laughs> I truly think that's what it is. I mean, it's it's art. It's art. It's preference. It's value. It's it's being present enough to recognize this tickles me mm-hmm. in a way. I like this, I or like I don't this. like this. Yeah, I've and, also yeah. yeah yeah. I've also been thinking about the idea of like a cur- curating as like an art form too, even if you don't have the maybe the skill to create something new or like the also that there's different sort of stages of creation like the idea yeah. and then like the making of the thing but like there's also like the curating is a form of art too of just being like yeah. I like that like what you're 
niece was doing of like <laughs> curating and organizing in the curating way that people. She, that's okay. That she like <laughs> Um, I also wanted to go back to something. What were we talking about before? Um, the drive to oh, so there's so the drive to create of like, and you said you kind of resonated with the idea of like experiencing and then like expressing and you yeah. also said you wanted like that your value was like to be seen and heard that, that was a huge that kind of goes together with yeah. creating things because yeah. it's a way to be seen and heard like by what you're creating yeah I guess if people like your art then yeah they like you and I know that like I associate art with praise and positivity and mm-hmm. positive social mm. um gifts I I think part of that just comes from like I I really got most of my drawing training and like those practice rounds out in school in Mm -hmm. class um I think I'm a very anxious person I like to always be doing something with my hands um so there's that anxiety that needs it demands some sort of action and so like doodling and drawing in class was perfect for me and then I just I feel like I just happened to get good at it because mm-hmm. um, I was always crafting things like I was always sketching but like building stuff as well digging holes tying knots Mary uh, grew like, up in the woods by the I way I grew up in the woods <laughs> I used to just wander in the woods by myself all the time and um oh and I was talking with a friend this weekend and learned that like we played with the same plastic animal toys oh. that you pick up at the zoo and did like the National Geographic story arcs uh-huh. of like, you, you know, in the documentary shows, you always follow like, it's either the predator, it's the lions or it's the gazelles, but you follow the baby being born mm-hmm. and then all their misadventures. <laughs> and then it's the dry season and everyone's dying. And then the rains come back and everyone's happy and someone gets eaten by an alligator. So you would kind of recreate that? Yeah. Like- yeah. I would do that a lot. I, yeah. I was always like creating things in different mediums, uh, but art was the one I did at school in front of my peers and I got a lot of feedback on. And I think that really drove me, like it hit a point, I was about 10, when I started recognizing people are telling me I am good at this. Mm, interesting. And therefore this is what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So that kind of goes, my question about like discipline versus like inspiration too, because it sounds like... It, I, yeah, like, have there been points where you're like, I need to be, I mean, obviously, if you're spending nine hour days creating your video content, that takes some discipline. Yeah. But <laughs> in terms of, like, getting to draw, no, get, like, learning to draw and things like that and getting good at it, how much, I guess, was discipline and how much was just, like, you're just like, I'm just anxious and I need <laughs> to be drawing something, um, I guess. Yeah. Or being like, oh, I'm so inspired to, like, make this thing that I yeah. have an idea for. Um, it's definitely discipline. Uh, and discipline always feels like a harsh word. Mm. And I'm realizing just now, like when you put the words inspiration and discipline together, mm-hmm. there how many times I picked up a discipline out of love and it wasn't the it wasn't like my New Year's resolution, I'm going to exercise, I'm gonna run for an hour mm-hmm. every morning. Like that's a discipline too. Right. But you weren't like, I'm going to sit down and draw for an hour every day. Yeah. Or something I, like that. Yeah. I didn't have to say that because I was so excited 
Yeah, and I, like, every day I sat down and I would draw and then I would look up tutorials and look up proportions and techniques and kind of explore that or I would make sure I was taking an art class in school. Um, I guess the trick is, like, once you leave school mm -hmm. uh, and then college, I, I had a long commute on the train. So there were always, like, opportunities where I could sit down and at least draw for an hour yeah. in a sketchbook every day. Um, but now that I'm doing it professionally, I've had to become way more mindful right. about implementing those disciplines and, um, like reserve that time, especially mornings for me are best, but mm -hmm. I'd love like first thing in the morning, coffee and a sketchbook and do some sort of drawing, um, either giving myself a specific challenge or not. Like right now it's the little, the adventure, right. go on a 10 minute walk and come back with something to yeah. draw. Um, but yeah, that. I, it's best when it's inspiration-based yeah. discipline, but... I've seen yeah. you do, like, more recently you were doing one with, like, number. Like, every day you had oh, yeah. words. Or, yeah, did you make the, that up? Yeah, the daily doodle yeah. challenge, which, like, I have I went camping and then uh, kind of dropped it a little bit, and okay. I needed to catch up with that. Did you, did you make up all those words? Cause I, I, yeah. I was looking at it because I was like, oh, other people are doing this. And then I was like, oh, I think they got it from Mary. Yeah. But they were also participating. Yeah, yeah. I did a prompt <laughs> list. I'm like, oh, we're all going to do this challenge. <laughs> yeah. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Tricked you into doing a challenge. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. <laughs> Um, but like, I think there's something about, so, you know, you had an hour on the train and you decided and you spent it drawing. Yeah. You know, I think most people don't spend it draw drawing. I guess like that's the difference. Yeah. Like that. I, it's like you, I don't know. It sounds like you weren't like, I will spend every hour on the train drawing, but it was just like, well, I have nothing to do and I like to draw. So that's yeah. what I will do. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it was yeah. more coming from that of like, I really like to draw. And yeah. so I'm going to take this time to draw. Um, and yeah, it's letting yourself, I, I think I've been telling myself to like have my dessert first. Mm. Um, now that I don't have the train commute, I've had to like, like I said, be like more mindful about impl implementing a discipline. And there's a span of time around when I was burning myself out where I kept thinking I, I, my skill level was kind of suffering because I was just working. I wasn't practicing and playing with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just making the same boring stuff over and over again. And then I was getting lazy with it. And it just I didn't connect with anything I was making. Um, and so I, I was telling myself, Mary, you need to sit down and just do your free sketching and let those, and channel the ideas and let it come and let it flow and just play with it. But then I had this guilt. I had this misconception that I have all this work that needs to be done. I have no time. And then I, I would tell myself, well, get your work done and then you can play. Um, which never worked because I never had time at the end of the day to play and work on that skill. And then when I finally made the switch and flipped it and I would start my days with the play with sketching and drawing for an hour, it, everything just started improving. And like even the days, I was like more excited about the work mm -hmm. I was doing. I was more excited to clean the house or like go on a run because I felt like I got the thing done. 
um, by starting my day with like doing that thing I love. And it, it felt so selfish. And it, in the very beginning, I felt like this is, I'm wasting my time when I have all these emails I gotta get to, I gotta start cutting this video. I gotta respond to things online, like Mm -hmm. all that garbage, um, all that garbage can wait. (laughs) And realizing that was like a big breakthrough. Um, so yeah, I think this, the discovery of this year has been like first thing in the morning, just play. Yeah. Prioritizing play and prioritize the play. Cause that's where the best stuff comes from. Yeah. And you will have time to then put it together, but yeah, that's like that yeah. real creativity. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, creativity. and the mess up thing is I'm a professional artist and yet I was feeling this guilt of sitting down with my sketchbook yeah. first thing in the morning. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, no, that's my job. Yeah. It's my duty. Yeah. And if I were a musician, it would be my duty to wake up, do whatever, like stretch if I want to, mix my favorite tea or coffee and sit down and play music. Mm-hmm. That's the thing you want to do, then do that. First thing. Yeah. Because it is a creative farm and you got to tend to your farm. <laughs> first thing, you got to do those chores. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like, it's not just about creating the finished product. Like, yeah. that comes sometimes. Yeah. But more of it is, like, the play and the messing up and stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. This was a great conversation. Thank you. It's this was a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it went through, like, so many of the things. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's interesting. And it's, like, spot on to, like, everything that, like, my brain has been burning up right now. Just, like, firing on all cylinders about creativity. What is it? What does it mean? Why am I doing this? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting to, like, hear you talk about it because I have been like with this podcast for example it's like I feel so passionate about it and it's like the mm-hmm. point like I haven't felt like this about something in a long time where I'm just like that's all I want to do like all I want to do is like get up and like edit it and like listen to it and have more conversations and I'm like so fired up nice but then it's like the same thing of being like no one's gonna listen to it. you know oh. like what's the point of it if right. you know Why? and even though I'm enjoying making it and I like both creating it and the finished product that I'm creating. Like, if no one else listens to it, is there a purpose? Am I wasting my time? Like, am I being selfish? Like, I feel so... Feeling selfish has, like, been huge. Yeah. A huge thing where I'm just like, I'm not contributing anything to this world. Like, I should just get, like, any type of job where someone can see that I'm doing something. There's there's doctors. (laughs) Like, the world could always use a doctor of some sort. (laughs) Like... God, yeah, it's... But I'm like, all I can do is, like, edit together these conversations <laughs> that I'm having. That's all I care about. Yeah. But enough? But yeah. Enough. But then, like, it feels cliche to say, but even if, like, one person stumbles upon it mm-hmm. and it, like, pulls them out of a depression or a nosedive yeah. or, like, flips a switch that allows them to take one tiny step toward doing that thing that like gives them joy therefore making them a more joyful person in their world therefore radiating out and affecting mm-hmm. like those around them like yeah it, it's like you don't know what you're contributing yeah it's with art it's just so hard to measure the value yeah it it's impossible that, right? there's no measurement device for it <laughs> other than like this that feeling uh-huh yeah yeah it's crazy yeah, coping with the selfishness of it is very difficult. It's hard not to give in to needing, like, the approval of the masses or God, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. I feel like, yeah, you, yeah. 
It sucks. I can imagine, like, <laughs> as a YouTuber, you know, because you get, you can, like, see the literal number of, like, right. the exact number of how many people, like, viewed your thing. Yeah. I'm sure it And, like, it. and the fluctuation with, like, the adocalypse happened, like, right at the point where the burnout was just at its peak. Or, like, I was, like, on the cusp of burnout. And then adocalypse, ad, the adocalypse happened. So then all of a sudden, I'm creating the same stuff. I'm putting in the same work. Uh, and yet my views all of a sudden plummeted in number and my videos weren't being seen as much and it's just discouraging, Mm -hmm. really discouraging and tiresome. And then I guess if it's like, if you're not making something that you personally like find so much joy in and you're not getting feedback from other people, then it's like. There's like, nothing. Why? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. And and having to like deprogram yourself from equating numbers with quality. Mm, yeah. Like, just because it's got so many views doesn't mean it's good quality. Like, yeah. And I imagine, I, I haven't like worked in the fine art realm, but I imagine there's something to that as well. Where like you hear of like paintings being sold at auction for like thousands, millions yeah. of dollars and by these famous artists and those are systems and that's something that I'm I am looking to tackle right now I'm like creating content for YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and really understanding that these are platforms and they're separate from what I do and understanding that as an artist I am that brand like I it's like a a floating sanctuary that's drifting in the ocean and sometimes I will dock at YouTube and unload my wares for people but then I have to pack up and undock Mm -hmm. at Instagram and unload my wares for those people as they prefer to have it Um, but never settle never settle on these islands because the internet is a volatile place and those islands may get swept away in a hurricane later on right and so you kind of have to have your floating yeah, like who you barge are of who you are yeah. and knowing yourself and understanding what's valuable to you. Yeah. And, and you exist and you create like regardless of who consumes it, I guess. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And the, and the consumers will follow. Like there will always be, as long as like I feed uh, art outward <laughs> as Mary Doodles, I... that's like a whole other conversation between like, well, who's Mary Goodflesh and who's Mary Doodles? Mm -hmm. But like, as like the Mary Doodles machine runs, like there are people who will flock around the Mary Doodles machine all day long and they'll keep coming back. And then like when you dock at YouTube, like there's people on YouTube who are like, oh, you're here. I love you so much. But like, they're not going to follow you when you drift off elsewhere. And that's fine too. Like understanding like it's, it's never one graph shooting up in a gradual, steady fashion. It's gonna, you're gonna go up and down, up and down in numbers and activity. And um, yeah, burnout has taught me to appreciate the cycles and like, let there be downtime. You can't, it, going back to the gardening method or metaphor, you know, there's seasons and like, there's a season to plant and grow and to harvest and enjoy and to clear up and store for winter and prepare and manage. And there's a year to let her, there's a season.